We are Spry, a group of remote digital marketers who want you to succeed beyond your wildest dreams. Our curiosity drives us to constant learning, and that learning leads to constant teaching. So come along with us on the Spry Space podcast, where we share what we know, learn what we don't, and do it all wherever we want. Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome to the Spry Space Podcast. We are so happy that you're here, and I am so blessed to be with three wonderful people today. So we've got the wonderful Mr. Chad. Hey, hey. Adrian is here. Yes. Hello. <laughs> and Seth is here. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> How are you all doing today? Just great. Slightly better than fabulous, I would say. <laughs> Ooh. How about you, Seth? How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm just living it up. Oh, I love to hear that. Mm-hmm. So so let's go over what we're talking about today, okay? So last week on the podcast, we looked back on 2020. It's been a very interesting year, and so having some time to just look back and reflect has been very helpful. So now, with us group of four, we're going to go ahead and look forward, okay? We're turning ourselves around in the other direction, and we want to look forward into 2021 and talk a little bit about you know what we're looking forward to, what we're nervous about, what we're anticipating. So um, y'all ready to get into that? Yep. Yes. Okay. So to start off, there has been so much trauma happening throughout America this year. And so what we're seeing is that there is a lot of grief coming through. People are experiencing and dealing with a lot of grief in their life. And so, Adrian, you brought up this point, and I think it's such a good point to open with. What what does that mean for people's social media behavior and the content that's coming out? Well, I think that there we're going to see a certain amount of like fatigue and trends at the same time. So I don't know if anyone has noticed the huge jump in meme accounts on Instagram. Um, I think also TikTok has kind of exploded Big time TikTok. Big big time. Uh, But anytime, anything that makes people laugh, uh, I think is huge right now. People really want, and and just like those short videos, those short, quick, uh, almost, you know, what Lacey says, it's kind of like addictive. You have that. The dopamine hit. The the dopamine hit. Uh, So that, I think that's kind of interesting, you know, just because of all the heavy stuff. But then there's also like other other things that we might just be tired of, you know, COVID alerts from your health department. Maybe you don't pay attention to them anymore. Um, GoFundMe, trying to fundraise for good causes, but there's so many and and they make you so sad. We might just kind of tune them out. So there's some patterns that I think are going to start to uh, arise. I like that thought of of how the meme accounts have exploded. It's like one thing that I always find so interesting is how humor is expressed on social media. You know, if you look back towards some of the debates and think about how every time there was one of the presidential debates, there was this huge wave of meme content that came through. Whatever was the funny thing that happened, <clears throat> the fly, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it <laughs> created this huge wave of content. And, you know, I'm interested to see I think sometimes the reason that those really funny pieces of content do so well for such a long period of time is that it has to be a shared experience, right? So those do so well because so many people are experiencing it at the same time. So will we be able to replicate that much um, virality? Um, Is there anything that's going to be happening through 2021 that's going to replicate that much virality and and bring that much attention into one moment, you know? I think that that there's going to be one more thing before I let, you know, I want Chad and and Seth to to talk too. But I think that we're really going to see like for TV shows or movies or any other art forms. I just think that people are going to want to lean towards lightheartedness, things that are funny. Um, You know, I kind of look look at the shows that are coming out. You know, anytime there's like historical or anything that's drama or or very, very serious, people are kind of answering like, like really right now really do mm-hmm. we need do we need this do we actually need this right now so there's <laughs> i think <laughs> i think our tolerance for 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 that is just going to go out the window but yeah i know in my own household uh, that's definitely something that's discussed on a daily basis is can i handle 
what we want to watch on TV tonight because it may be deep and dark and do we really do we have the capacity to process that after daily life which has been so crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to throw something in here, you know, looking to the future. I'm so excited about um, the memes that are going to come out about surviving 2020 when 2021 hits, because we're already seeing memes about 2020, right? Um, I saw one uh, today that made me laugh really hard. It was, um, you realize this next year, 2020 is turning 21, and now now we're gonna have to see 2020 drunk right oh, and so it just it made yeah. my day it cracked me up so i'm really glad that you guys are discussing <laughs> the the humor that's going to be coming out because i think that's going to be a huge player going forward um mm -hmm. as as we make it past this new year mark so oh my god that's so funny i hadn't seen that before oh man well it will come to your screen eventually because i am sure it will it will trend so i also wonder what in in uh 20 years you know, how people will refer to 2020, you know, what, you know, 2020, <laughs> yeah. the year that will it really be as big in 20 years as it feels now? Will it be bigger? Right. Will it be exaggerated? I don't know. Right. That's interesting. Ooh. Yeah. I, I've also heard uh, seen memes already where the 2020 is being substituted for the expletive. <laughs> you know, where it's like, get the 2020 out of here, man. Or, or, you know, what the 2020? <laughs> yeah. Well, and also just think, thinking about all the loss. So many people have lost loved ones. And I, I think that, you know, there's going to be kind of like September 11th in a way. Like as we, but even, but it's not just one day in 2020 that was bad. It was the whole year. So, you know, maybe, you know, in a, in a year, as the years go by and, and our loved ones that, you know, that left us in this year, their death, the anniversary of the bad things that happened in 2020, it's going to, I don't know what's going to happen, but I just think that it's going to be, it's going to be interesting and because it's a very unique, unique time because we're, we all are experiencing these wounds at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, so one thing that we've been thinking about, too, as we're looking forward into 2021 is, you know, obviously this was an election year, too. And so in 2016, when there was an election, um, there were big changes the next year on social media algorithms to try to really make adjustments for some of the issues that were uncovered and exacerbated during the 2016 election. Um, at that time, they it, Facebook specifically updated their algorithms to be much more focused on conversation, having really good, heavy conversation. I don't mean heavy as in bad, but, but good, solid conversations in posts became kind of the prize of the algorithm. There were prompts that got people down into the comment section. Why? Because they wanted to actually connect people. Um, you know, there was so much fake news happening that they wanted people to be connected with people. And so having real discussion in comment sections was what became important to the algorithm. So thinking about how the election went in 2020, Adrian, do you have any ideas or what are you anticipating for some of the algorithm changes that might come in 2021 from some of the things we experienced this year? Well, I'm not quite sure about algorithms. I, well, I have an inkling of that Facebook has already done been doing it, but they're, they're trying to showcase and guide people to actual news sources. Like they've done a lot more work on kind of putting a little, you know, little uh, notifications below the, the link or whatever of, of, of news sources that have a certain standard of, you know, editorial standards. and Like and you, you might see anytime somebody has a piece of content that has the word COVID in it, you see right. that little eye icon at the bottom that says, for, for correct information about COVID-19, visit cdc.org or .gov, right? That yeah. kind of thing. But with that being said, all those things that they're doing, I honestly, well, I, I don't think that, I think people, as we've learned, uh, are going to believe what they want to believe. I'm not sure that that will actually help the problem, but it might change something else. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. yeah, because there are, there's a whole subsection of people who are not going to even believe the the notification there, that disclaimer down at the bottom, going to say, hey, check this out. This could be wrong, could be not. Do some more research, and there's going to be a whole bunch of people that are going to be unwilling or 
are going to be put off by that notification. And so, yeah, we've seen a, an exodus to other platforms already. Well, there's this huge breakdown in social, I believe what it's called is social capital, right? The ability for people to be able to trust people, people to be able to trust their government, people to be able to trust the news that they're having. I see all of you shaking your, you know, nodding your heads. I'm sure you've been experiencing this in your life too. You're hearing from people some information, you're hearing from people other information, and nobody trusts any of the information that's coming out to them. Do you agree? So it's interesting. One thing that I saw an ad for recently is Facebook is doing something called the Facebook Journalism Project. So they're working very hard at establishing legitimate news sources and trying to make sure that people know what is an established news source and what isn't. But even saying it out loud, I think the same thing that you might have been thinking when you were talking, Adrian, how much of a difference is that going to make? Because people don't trust Facebook either right now. So with this huge breakdown of trust, how are we as people going to build that trust back up? Because social media is, is a reflection of us, right? So it's not just that social media isn't trustworthy. We don't trust each other. So I don't know. How, how is social media going to combat some of this distrust? <laughs> Anybody got an answer well, for that? I'm not quite sure, but let, can I tell you a quick little story about my students at, my, at college? So I, I teach part-time at SPSTC in Olympia here, and I always do this a short assignment for my students. I have them create a social media experiment which is basically where they choose Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, and they create a page, and they and they are supposed to grow it throughout the quarter, and they do experiments on what kind of content works and that sort of thing. Basically, what we do for our jobs. It's, it's super fun. Uh, one student had a account that was around public health. I won't go into super detail, but public health, very, very good, honest news, trying to source it from good places. Another student created an account that basically promoted and retweeted and, and uh, just kept on promoting conspiracy theories because the student actually thought conspiracy theories were interesting. I don't have any parameters. I just want them to experiment. So um, what's amazing is the account that had all of the very, you know, studiously fact check, all, everything, all the content was super, super intentional, but boring, had about six followers. The account oh, no. li literally retweeted conspiracy theories had like 150. Wow. wow. <laughs> so, I mean, I, but we're not shocked, are we? No, no. I mean, there's already data that had said that on Twitter, fake news goes six times faster than real news. So that's almost exactly the same. You know, that's very close in line with those statistics. So I don't really know how we get the social media platforms themselves to like police themselves and like make themselves into news sources. I mean, we talked about this with, with the social the social dilemma, like Facebook creating their own journalism school or whatever. I'm like, how are we supposed to track? Like, that's like, that just doesn't make any sense I, I i'm not sure but well and we've talked a lot about that here at spry uh the legislative avenues that maybe silicon valley or, or social media companies have um probably haven't been utilized all that much at all to 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 make meaningful um laws i mean it's it's literally still the wild west out there and um how can how can people like us social media managers uh, make positive change that way i think i've got the solution to this oh my I gosh think... thank goodness <laughs> Seth. i've been waiting are you ready for this let's hear it i think there should not be allowed any news shared on social media social media should just be social we should we should go to news sources for our news and social media mm. for social do you know how many problems we would solve in the world if that was a thing wow you're absolutely right yeah <laughs> See, here's what I love about that. It would, it, it would solve a lot of people's anger, right? We could focus much more on connection, et cetera. But here's yeah. the reality, right? You remember, we, are, we were here in, um, in Oregon, Washington, and there were some huge fires this, this summer, right? And there were things that were going viral that looked like news, but they were really just screenshotted posts from Joe Wagaboo, you know, like what, who, <laughs> Joe whoever. 
Um, and people would screenshot that and be like, oh, they're going to take it down. So we had to screenshot and they're sharing this screenshot from somebody else as if it's news. And so, you know, I think Joe, he would he would get his way around that. But if it was possible to get people to not be sharing news and only be, sh- you know, connecting with others. Well, that's a cool idea, Seth. One thing that actually uh, remind- reminded me of something that can happen, maybe the, the new- whatever is going to happen is going to happen, but there is a little bit with 2020 a-, a loss of, you know, people aren't necessarily going to church as much as they used to, or maybe there's some sort of, kind of spiritual connection that they aren't having anymore. But like Seth, your parents have their own, their church, and they do, they do their own services on Facebook Live and they have people from all over the world going to visit. And so maybe maybe the solution is create more light than dark and try to just drown it out. I don't really know. I, I'm not a very religious person personally, but that's the only thing I, I got. I, I just the like the line, create more light than dark. That's I know, that just, was good. Yeah, that's good. That's so good. Well, we talked this week. We had our all-team meeting, and we've decided that for all of 2021, our main overarching theme is going to be social media for good. And so we had to decide as a group, what does good mean then, right? If we're saying that it's social media for good, that can definitely be biased. You can have your own opinion of what good means. And a lot of what we discussed as what good means is inclusive, um, respectful, um, truthful, right? And I keep going back to this, but Adrian, I feel like the little video clips that you did that taught people how to check the sources of the content that they're seeing shared on social media I, I wish that every single person knew how to just look and see the domain name that they're seeing news coming from, the uh, age of that domain name, the age of that Facebook page. I've had to walk my own mom through lots of things. You know, she's like, she tried to buy this. You guys wouldn't believe this. She tried to buy this $500 massage chair that basically looks like a rocket ship. And there was this <laughs> this little tiny woman like photoshopped into it. And she's like, this is so cool, Lacey. And I'm like, Mom, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but like, look, the Facebook page that this has come out of, the only thing on it is a profile photo and a cover photo. They have no consistent posting. They have like 71 followers. You may not buy this rocket massage chair from this company advertising. (laughs) So yeah, people just really need to know how to check the sources of the information that they're seeing on social media to be able to tell whether it's legitimate or not. We can't, we can't have our parents going around looking at all of this content and thinking it's real when there's a very simple way to learn whether it is or isn't coming from a place that's trusted. And is that simply just education in a, in a way? Uh, you know, how, how do you educate an entire generation that way? And I'm sure that it was, the, it was also the case when every new technology came out, you know, phone calls, uh, my parents still get uh, phone calls that are scams every, every day, you know, and they have learned that you know, they can't believe them. And, you know, it's uh, the same thing has to happen with each generation of new technology. Um, Along with that is also educating people on, you know, thinking about something before they react on it. Because we can have all those things in it, but you see a post that says, you know, the world's exploding and you instantly get filled with this. I need to share this with everyone I know because we're all going to (laughs) die. And, you know, if we could get people to like calm down and just think about it for a second, you know, does this make logical sense? It might be real, but if you take this, the second that it takes to actually stop and process what you just read, Um, I feel like just educating people on that would would make a huge difference on the whole thing. It's so funny. We also talked yesterday in our all-team meeting about social media for good. We talked a lot about listening again. Um, about listening and like active listening, creating comment sections that are actually full of conversation instead of fighting, you know? Um, But it's so funny. We talk about this like, like as if social media is where these changes need to happen. But again, I'll say it, social media is the reflection of what we as a people are. And so you know, we can use the tools and the expertise and the platforms that we know how to use, but it's almost like a a guise for 
real human change that needs to happen. You know what I mean? People need to know how to communicate their wants and needs. People need to know how to communicate their feelings in a way that's respectful. And people need to know how to listen to people who aren't being respectful and get them to a point where they're calm enough that they can communicate their feelings and needs. I don't know how to accomplish all of this. Well, and that's the magic of social media. I mean, these these people were always out there. They were always in our communities. They were always there. Um, uh, social media has just put a magnifying glass on it all. Yeah, and one thing that I, I kind of, not fear, but I, I feel very strongly about is that I feel like as digital leaders, which I feel like we all are digital leaders, uh, I, I see sometimes you know, colleagues and friends of mine who just get fed up with it and just make a big announcement and saying, I'm leaving. This is, a, you know, this is a uh, just a wasted space and it's just gross and I hate it and it's icky. I'm leaving and they just check out. Uh, but the thing is, is it's still here. Like it's still there. And so it's kind of like, it's kind of like you have to choose how you're going to show up. But I think it's really important that people who are aware of how these tools work do make an effort maybe it's once a week or you know even once a month to just check in and see see what's happening i i kind of feel like it's a responsibility it's almost as it's almost just like as much of as much of a responsibility of being a citizen like being following the rules of like you know life around irl i think it's also important to be online anyway i i just i just feel not anger but just like why 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 are you leaving when i see people that are just super brilliant and be like i'm i'm done with this goodbye <laughs> and i'm just like huh but it's that's not the way to fix things <laughs> yeah adrian you've been on a on a kick talking about digital leadership for a while now and i think that is a really good phrase to think about is that you know, I, I start feeling this nervousness at the fact that I can't, I can't, I keep feeling this nervousness at the fact that I can't change the situation that's happening right now. I can't change people's feelings about social media, people's behavior on social media. But just because I can't change it doesn't mean that I can't impact it. And if enough people who have the experience and the um, knowledge to be able to just share a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, then that little bit collectively does a, a, a whole lot of difference. And sometimes it's hard for me to stay motivated to be a leader in that way when I feel like my like my actions might be futile. But but if I can see it from that higher perspective where a group of digital leaders could be working all together, then the futility seems a little bit less real, you know? Yep. Okay. So can we all, can we all do that? I think that I could do, I think I could do like a tip of the week on Instagram or even Facebook of like, you know, this is Lacey's tip of the week. Did you know you can hit this button and it'll show you this? This is Lacey's <laughs> tip of the week. If somebody comments like this, you can diffuse the situation by this. Um, I think that would be, I, I think I could commit to doing something like that. What about you all? Yeah. Yep. Or putting good out in the world. Today, I just created a post on LinkedIn. I, I think I tagged Lacey because you're in the picture with me, but I said, hey, End of 2020, let's end on a high now. Write five recommendations for people on LinkedIn. Ooh. Hype people up. Because LinkedIn is where we get our jobs. It's where we get our references. It's where people, like, people might be needing new jobs in the new year. Like, you never know. And so it's yeah. like, if you, you <clears> never know what positive message or some, some little thing that you did for someone else that just might kind of springboard something else. So mm -hmm. it is kind of tough to think about, but I don't know. It's that's an excellent one. I like Adrian. that a lot. That's that, that's I see that as the easiest thing that everybody could do to help other people out in a really meaningful way to to help people's careers. That's man, that's the best. Yeah, or like Google reviews. Be Something a freaking positive. cheesy cheese ball. Just be like, I love everything. E L E. Why not? I love cheese. That's my motto for 2021 is be a freaking cheese ball. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you got one more shirts. Oh, you want cheese, cheese ball, ball? t-shirts? No, freaking cheese ball t-shirts. Freaking cheese ball. <laughs> cheese ball. Well, on the shirt, yeah. 
Here um, I am. I'm a freaking cheese ball. Oh man, that's like that's my like that that is me. A freaking cheese ball. Mm -hmm. I also think we should also make gloves that go along with it that are white that have orange tips on like just a few fingers. They're your cheese ball gloves to remind you. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so with all of that in mind, we've been looking at kind of social media as a whole and the feelings that people are having about it and um, I want to move just to specific platforms and I want to talk a little bit about what we anticipate happening for specific platforms throughout 2021. So let's go ahead and start with Facebook. So this year, Facebook did new Facebook, okay, which I wonder who came up with that term new Facebook, you know, I don't know if that was their best choice. What? Um, but it gave us a word to use to tell us how to tell them how much we hated it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we hate new Facebook. Mm. Um, what we've been seeing a lot of is a lot of people in their 30s, 40s are not enjoying the new style of the platform, the new layout of the platform. And so we're seeing a lot of people spend much less time on those platforms and moving that time to other platforms. Um, I've been seeing that. I've been doing that quite a bit more too. What about you all? You know, it didn't affect me all that much for some reason. I, I, I noticed all the changes and I just kind of adjusted, but I didn't, I didn't have a visceral reaction like a lot of people have, you know, and it certainly didn't cause me to change my consuming habits. I don't think that but, is actually uh, really funny because I, it also didn't affect me. I'm almost wondering if it's not a guys versus girls I was thing. Just I didn't thinking. even wow. I didn't yeah. notice that it had even changed until Maybe. you guys told me, "What do you think of new Facebook?" I'm like, "New Facebook? <laughs> you guys are crazy." And then you guys start pointing things out. I'm like, "Oh my god, that wasn't like that. You're right. <laughs> You're right." So, I wonder if it is a male female thing. They say, you yeah. know, males are are supposed to be more drawn toward track movement. So like mm -hmm. just a new layout wouldn't necessarily drive that same uh, awareness that mm -hmm. maybe a female would see the look and feel of something being different. <laughs> That's so funny. Facebook huh. is going to be the new Twitter. It's going to be a bunch of old white men because they're the only people left on it. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that I think will, uh, one thing that I think was interesting though with the, with the pandemic and everything is I, I also, well, Unlike Chad and Seth, I detest the new Facebook. However, I have noticed so many more groups on Facebook. I mean, groups were already a thing before all this, but, uh, you know, with with the pandemic and then, you know, you have parent groups or, you know, groups for schools or community groups for, you know, uh, the holidays and people are have groups around crafting or presents or uh, maybe somebody I had a friend who had a major surgery this this past year and we had a Facebook group that was basically like making sure she had meals every single night of the week for her and her family and that was all through Facebook groups so you know I wonder if if the the pandemic kind of accelerated that feature yeah because if you remember before any of the of the wild of 2020 happened i remember near the end of 2019 facebook even launched like a big commercial ad campaign about facebook groups you remember there was that one about the guy with the dog and he was like going to the beach and he meets up with other beagle owners and it's like <laughs> find where the beagles are or something i don't know what it was <laughs> but it's see that yeah but but they, they did quite a few TV ads for Facebook groups as if that was a, you know, something that they were intentionally pushing prior to 2020. And I agree. I have seen way more of it. I've also seen a couple other things. Um, there's now a toggle. I don't know if any of you have even noticed this yet, but on your newsfeed, you can toggle now between the classic feed and a chronological feed. Um, and there's even a third feed that's just friends and family. So like there's three tab options that you could go through for what feed you want to look at today. Do you want to look at what the algorithm is saying? Do you want to look at what is chronologically um, coming up? Or do you want to look at just content from your 
friends and family. You know, that's kind of an interesting adjustment. I wonder how people will use that or not. That reminds me a lot of the the switching that Google did where uh, for for Gmail, where they gave you the tabs, mm, you know, where mm-hmm. they're putting the promotions all on one side and uh, the social stuff in the middle and then the regular uh, inbox on the left seems similar. Yeah, just giving people a little bit more autonomy to kind of choose how they want to experience the platform instead of being forced into the way that the platform wants you to experience it. Yeah, there's also I've been seeing a lot of Facebook Marketplace has kind of uh, grown a lot. Mm, I agree. I I see. I mean, every day I see more more posts or interesting things that I've searched for in Google, and all of a sudden my Facebook feed it's like Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> Use choose. Here you go. I'm like, what? how do you do you know? Okay. I mean, I, I know how they know, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. And then part of me part, kind of my heart breaks a little bit because sometimes I'll see on the marketplace, like people selling things. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I wonder if they don't have a job or mm-hmm. I want, I wonder what happened. At, so I don't know if that at all impacted that. It, yeah. Impacted it. Um, one other note that I want to bring up is. Okay, so they, Facebook was advertising groups in 2019, right? Well, what are they advertising right now? Anybody? What What are the Facebook, the big ads from Facebook that you've been seeing? Nothing? You don't know? I haven't seen. Okay. I failed this pop quiz. I, I forgive mm-hmm. you. Two things. <laughs> One is Portal, Portal from Facebook. So it's basically like a screen that you can video chat on and it kind of can track you. So like, let's say that you, that Chad, you and I are video chatting, but I'm cooking. So instead of having to carry my phone around with me, Portal is there and it will kind of, the camera will move as I'm moving. So it's like you're experiencing life together. Okay. Hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. The second thing is, what's the name of of the 3D glasses? or the, not glasses, but the, th- the, um, VR. the VR, the VR headsets. Mm-hmm. Um, those they're selling for like $299. Okay. And that's nothing for this piece of equipment. Um, I've been using it because I have a brother that is an early adopter, right? So my, my younger brother, Jared, is an ad- early adopter of all technology. So he's got the new um, Facebook uh, VR headset. It's awesome. It's way better than I thought that a VR headset could be right now. Um, So I think that Facebook is actually much more focused for 30s, 40s on this augmented reality and virtual reality than they are on people being sitting on the platform. So the fact that the platform is appealing to people over 50, none of those people are ever going to be on Portal or VR headsets. The 30s and 40s, they're going to potentially adopt that newer technology sooner or later. And it's, it's a way different way to experience something through Facebook. So that's my guess on how that platform is really working on on putting their energy and their resources is potentially moving people in the younger generations onto these other devices and not really worrying about catering to them on a, you know, a desktop platform. Very interesting. You know what they need to do with that portal thing though, is they need to allow us to smell the food that you are cooking. I've been saying this for years. (laughs) The the headset releases olfactory stuff. Yes. Yes. If we if we can have hex codes for colors, I feel mm-hmm. like we should be able to have smell coded and mm-hmm. and sent and dispersed out. It shouldn't <laughs> be that hard. <laughs> we'll see. Um, all right, let's move to Instagram for a minute. So as we're looking at Instagram moving into 2021, um, one of the biggest things that happened in Instagram this year was, this is a pop quiz. Adrian. what do you think was one of the bigger releases on Instagram this year? Reels. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> <laughs> so that was one of the biggest releases this year. How do you anticipate Instagram changing through 2021? How do you in- uh, anticipate stories, reels, feed posts? You know, what are your thoughts about Instagram next year? I think that Instagram, well, what's what's interesting about Instagram is I've been following kind of this pod of comedians that kind of went viral a bunch of times uh, during the pandemic. And there's kind of this, I mean, there, there's influencers, right? We have the, the influencers that have emerged from Instagram and they are basically like models 
that sell lifestyle things. Um, I kind of love influencers because it's like you can find an influencer for any type of person, which is kind of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, but besides influencers that sell things, um, there's also kind of a new sort of entertainer creator on Instagram that I think, I think that Instagram is going to maybe try to either make it, um, give them maybe precedence or somehow create a, a specific channels for them or, um, you know, ways of sharing their content with, with other people. But, uh, but there's kind of this like new, new kind of creator type that is fascinating to kind of watch. Uh, I, I think that that might, might, might emerge. I'm not sure. Um, also, also, aside from that, they've also come out with uh, a feature where you can create a story, and but it stays up for longer than 24 hours. Mm. Um, there was a meme about it that said, oh, your crush hasn't seen your story yet. Now you can keep it up for as long as they can see it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh thank goodness i've been waiting for that i know (laughs) but um anyway i I just think that i I think that kind of like what we were saying at the very beginning about um humor entertainment people people just needing to like laugh and and be entertained but like the whole entertainment industry was kind of just uprooted for a while you know they weren't making new movies so it's kind of like how are people entertaining themselves and i think that instagram and facebook kind of you know with vr they're trying to figure out how can not necessarily like replace movies and films but how do we create our own form of like entertainment that people are going to sit and watch for hours i like that a lot seth is is Instagram one of your I've seen you becoming more and more active on Instagram overall. How are how are you doing on that platform? Um I actually really like Instagram. Uh, I didn't at first. It took me a little bit to get moved over, but I just I really like how their stories work and everything like that. So I have been becoming more active. Um I I'm going to piggyback off of what Adrian said here because um going forward, one of the things that I see is people separating based on the things they want social and the things they want entertaining, Mm. right? And we can see this very clearly with things like Facebook and Instagram and then TikTok. Like most of the people that hit the TikTok platform aren't going there to socialize with other people to see what their friends are up to. They're going there to be entertained. That's a good Um, point. I think we're going to see a lot more of that as we go in, especially with the the whole micro entertainment thing. I really think um, we're going to see that separation huge uh, this next year. Um, But anyways, yeah, Instagram, I'm loving Instagram. So I'm super curious also, um, you know, the suits that are coming against Facebook right now with the idea Mm -hmm. of potentially breaking Facebook and Instagram up. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's just pretend and do a thought experiment for a moment. Um, what if Facebook and Instagram do have to break up and become separate entities? Um, how might that change Instagram? Does anybody have thoughts on on without Facebook as a parent, how would Instagram change? Well, I've, I've been surprised at how little Instagram has changed since Facebook bought it. I mean, I expected it to just be massively different. And they've they've tried to stay true to a lot of their ways which has surprised me. So, yeah, that's that's a great question. I don't know what would happen. I mean, both of them make money. Follow the money. Think about the money. Both of them generate the money. They mm-hmm. will continue to create and, and grow based on their user base and where they're getting their money from. I mean, that's... <laughs> that's okay, I want to hear think. from each of you. Do you think they should be broken up? Seth, do you think Facebook and Instagram should be broken up? I do not think that they should be um, because um, the the argument obviously that Facebook is making right now is we don't have a, a monopoly on this. People just choose to use our platforms. You know, <laughs> people like what we are offering. Um, and so you shouldn't penalize us for putting out a product that people like. And I agree with them. I feel like if you force companies like this to break up, you end up with a subpar products. Um, because part of the reason that Facebook can give us what we love is because we're all agreeing that um, and giving them our money to make it better, you know? Mm-hmm. What do you think, Adrian? I I agree with Seth. When I first saw that lawsuit, well, at first I was like, well, that makes sense. They want to they want to split it up. And then I thought exactly what Seth was saying as a, as a 
prior app developer and 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 working in software development i'm just like well soft like they build the software that people want (laughs) to use so like that's why everyone's on it like you know um i I think that this specific um lawsuit what, what but what also kind of bugs me about it is that our government said that it was okay that Facebook bought Instagram to begin with. So it kind of feels to me like they're going back on their word because at the, the beginning they didn't understand what they were doing to begin with. I feel like splitting them up instead of instead of instead of splitting up this 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 problem or whatever problem they think that that, that, that they're solving by splitting this up, instead of doing that, they need to focus on actually addressing the real problem, which is how people interact with with technology and how our government like responds to it like because there's no they have no idea the people that are writing writing laws for this don't really truly know so that that's kind of i i do i do kind of i do agree with seth all right what are your thoughts chad yeah i i and I'm, i'm surprised that i'm saying this but i totally agree as well um i never really thought that i mean there's no doubt that facebook is massive it's just a massive company but, I mean, if you compare that to a lot of other companies out there, I mean, with Google, <laughs> I mean, Google is, you look at all the apps available to us as consumers in the Google dots, and it's, it's, it's mind-blowing. Um, maybe shouldn't they be the ones that are, you know, <laughs> monopolizing the industry? But um, yeah, but that said, it, there's no doubt that Facebook is huge. And but and the other thing I wanted to say is that, I, and I haven't researched this in depth, so I may be totally wrong about it, but I never really heard that they were trying to break up Instagram and Facebook now. I think they were just trying to, to um, maybe parse out the, uh, the influence that, that Facebook has. Uh, politically and and whatnot, but is that is that the case, Seth? I see you. Uh, they they were literally saying that Instagram and Facebook should be split. Yeah, I think it's actually still in litigation. I think it's still wow. an ongoing thing where they're trying to break them up. They're actually going after um, Facebook. They're going after Google, and they're going after Amazon. Um, okay. All three of those mm-hmm. companies right now claiming a monopoly, which is fascinating. From like from a software again, software and UX. I've had I've got I've had been beating this drum forever. I, I work you know with government. We have some government contracts. People in general don't understand UX, but user experience research. Amazon has twenty thirty. When was Amazon started? Ninety eight. Twenty years. They have twenty years of user experience research to figure out exactly how to get people to push one button and have a toilet roll delivered to their door. I had and an like, Amazon mm-hmm. delivery during this call. Exactly. During this right. podcast. Mm-hmm. I had so, one right before. So <laughs> they were yeah. probably at your house before mine. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> <You> were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's it's kind of like nobody really understands what. Nobody who's in charge of these like lawsuits or breaking them up or being like, oh, they're so bad or they're monopolies or oh my gosh, they're taking over the world. They don't understand you like UX, like like ha- like when you say monopoly and you're like, oh, you're there's no competition. Well, there of course there's no competition because if I wanted to start a new Amazon today, there's no way I could start an Amazon today from scratch, right? Hmm. Either I yeah. hire all of Amazon's UX teams and I acquire. <laughs> all their developers and create a new Amazon. You know what I mean? It's kind of like this intellectual property. We're kind of talking about intellectual property. How do you like, like separate that from what it's like causing and contributing to society? I don't know. So one of the things that these companies getting so big does is it does stifle competition because they can buy out companies as they are starting to get popular, right? Mm-hmm. So they start to grow enough user base and these larger companies buy out that app and integrate it or buy it out so that it can't become competition, right? So the one app that has been able to reach a level of competition lately is TikTok, right? So TikTok oh, yeah. is yeah. the <laughs> is the only <laughs> Uh, social media platform that has really grown of such popularity. You know, Snapchat came for a while and it's still being used a lot among youth for just general communication back and forth, the same way that people in their 30s use texting. You know, um, I'm so glad that you said youth because I snap all the time. <laughs> so, 
Um, so let's talk about TikTok for a minute. Um, we at Spry have kind of been a little bit shy yet to be pushing businesses into TikTok and that kind of thing. Um, so are we getting close to the point that businesses need to start being active on TikTok or is it still going to maintain kind of this entertainment factor where if you're just a small local business, there's not really as much return? Um, who's got an opinion on that? Seth's the expert on I TikTok. I always have an opinion on yeah. TikTok. Let's hear it. <laughs> Give us your um, opinion. The, okay, so I think you could be very, very successful on TikTok because one of the things that TikTok um, is is a video platform. And even your ads and everything like that have to be in video form. So you don't have these stagnant ads that pop up that you can easily just scroll past. As soon as it's in there, there's someone making noise um, and coming at you. And so you, you get engagement whether you want to or not. Um, and I've noticed a lot of ads that are on TikTok, half the times I don't even know that they're ads until they've already preached the entire thing to me because people are adjusting, making it very entertaining. Um, and then by the end of it, you're like, I don't know why, but I need to go to Walmart. So, you know, that's, so I think you can be very, very successful just because it is so new. Not, um, not many people are really pushing um, video ads right now like that style thing. It's, it's not like a TV commercial. It's more like, we want to entertain you, by the way, buy our product, you know. Because mm -hmm. so. I have yeah. been starting to see lots of ads that say TikTok for business and, you know, here's a $300 ad credit. So I can see that they're starting to do quite a push to bring people in. I just don't know if it's going to be useful enough to tell people to spend their money on it yet. Yeah. Right. What I was going to say is like TikTok, I would recommend it if the if it, TikTok is like an if right like like facebook and instagram are kind of um or linkedin or twitter depending on your your audience is like facebook is definitely like you have to have it it's almost like you know it's for a certain amount of like legitimacy right and mm -hmm. and there's a certain amount of personality and and entertainment and chatter and and conversation that you can have on facebook that is great fine um but if you're a business and you're like, should I do TikTok? The first thing you need to say is, do we have somebody on staff that's actually entertaining? Do we have people <laughs> that actually like to make videos? Do we have a good personality? Like, <laughs> you know, good it's questions. kind of like, do yeah. you actually have a talent? And not like talent as in like, you know, like singing and dancing and tap dancing, but are you actually creative? enough to do TikTok and, and TikTok there's a certain level of just um, like effervescent authentic pure talent that's very like you know um, in the moment right you kind of get this, this inspiration um, or you might have this like idea that just kind of comes to you and then you kind of probably write it out I just feel like TikTok is one of those platforms where if you are boring no like nobody will care it's like you, you have to actually have talent Star quality. Yeah. Good quality. So yeah. mm -hmm. that's the thing about TikTok is that whereas with Spry, you know, or we're working with us with social media, what we recommend is doing stock photography, doing all these other aspects, which are, which we always recommend, but you can't just do stock TikTok. Like you can't. No, exactly. <laughs> no, it has to be creative. It has to. Mm. Yeah. So Cause you couldn't even really partner with an agency, you, because you'd need to be able to come up with videos so consistently that it would almost have to be like an in-house thing. Right, unless you did like animations. We, we haven't even Ooh. talked about animated, um, animated entertainment, which I think is gonna be something that comes up because animations you don't need actual people in. But anyway, if you have an animation studio and you want them to create your TikToks and they're actually really great, that's f fine, probably, but they're also probably very, very expensive. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Chad? Have you played on TikTok much at all yet? No, not much at all. So I, I really don't have an opinion, you know. I know. I think it's time for some heavy research this first quarter for me because I've too. kind of been avoiding it. Um, but I think it's time. You know what I really want to do, though? As I've, as I've been in the social media field for 10 years now, I'm like, okay, I can see very clearly that if you ever want to become like, like if you ever want to get a huge following on any of these channels, you really have to be there at the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. You have to mm -hmm. be one of these, one of these foundational people to get these big mega followings. And so I keep trying to look far enough ahead, like, well, what could, 
what could be next enough that nobody's nobody's taken those spots up yet, which is mm-hmm. the VR is where I think mm. the next spot is where there's openings for these mega influencers coming. I started asking my brother, okay, could you do a little bit of research for me, please? Is there like any consistent channels that people can subscribe to on VR yet? You know, can Lacey lead a VR meditation every, every other morning? Can, you know, that's going to be a platform where I think there's going to be a big wave of that in the next couple of years. And I would love for us to like get ahead on some of that and really, cause I, I just, I always get nervous for TikTok. I've had this idea where, you know, we don't really dip our toes all the way in until it can be profitable for our clients. And that's kind of the stance that I've taken with TikTok, but I'd like to think and consider about taking a different stance with the next um, platform that's c- up and coming and do some experiments and see what we can do if we get in on a more foundational level. That's what mm-hmm. I'm kind of excited about. Wow. Yeah, cool. that sounds great. So we'll, we'll see. When I've got my VR character set up, I'll uh, buy everybody the $299 headsets, which I'm sure it costs so little because they can take all your data and like, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Because it's Facebook <laughs> that's created mm. it. So, yeah, it's going to be a low entry wow. cost. And they're going to take your something out of your eyeballs, you know. <laughs> Retinal gonna, scan you all the time. Yeah, I was going to say they'll patent, they'll, they'll archive and patent the color, the exact color of your eyeballs. Yeah, exactly. All right, so I'd like to go ahead and just get to our last kind of question here, which is something that we're all looking forward to in 2021. So... Um, At the end of the last episode, when we were looking back on 2020, we thought, you know, what's one thing that we learned from 2020? Um, But now I want to just talk about what's one thing that you're really excited about or looking forward to in 2021. Um, Chad, you mind starting with that? Sure. I I kind of have two things. I we didn't talk about LinkedIn at all as far as a platform, but I've been really excited about the changes that have been made on LinkedIn. And it's, it's perhaps because it's mimicking Facebook a little bit, you know, and so I think those users are going to find uh, the familiarity to work well with them. So there's that. And then the other thing is, you know, without explicitly naming names, I'm really looking forward to the new U.S. administration's probable use of social media for good. Mm. So there, you know, this last year, there was this one dude who kind of every day used Twitter to cyberbully or influence private businesses or threaten or terminate positions even, uh, just to kind of be mean in general. And I'm, I'm expecting that that's not going to happen this year, that, that it might get back to... <laughs> it, Seth's uh, laughing quite a bit. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm expecting it to get back to the normal, boring thing, you know, that, that we, would, we would really expect from a social media account from the government. I'm glad you brought up LinkedIn, too. I have really been enjoying LinkedIn as well. It seems like because they've done a pretty good job of keeping the majority of the content in there um, professional in nature, not all yeah. of it. You know, there are things mm-hmm. that come out often. Um, that are political or social in nature, but I, it does feel like a little bit more of a oasis. You know, it feels like a little bit more of a safe space. You're not going to have much controversy. Um, and especially if you do it the way Adrian's talking about doing it, where you're really using it to uplift, um, other people, um, Mm -hmm. give out recommendations, call out and congratulate people who are doing great things. You know, I, I think that's a really good point that you brought up and I'm glad you brought up LinkedIn because I've, I've really been enjoying that too. All right, Seth, what about you? What's something that you're looking forward to in 2021? I am looking forward to the creativity of the average day Joe. Um, since I've been on like TikTok, it blows my mind how creative people are, you know, just your neighbor is doing crazy things and you're like, I didn't even know that was possible, let alone <laughs> that my neighbor could do it, right? So I just, it, it, I look forward to, to what's going to be new, you know? What, what are people going to think of for the next year? All right, Adrian, what about you? Well, mine is, is kind of in the same vein as Seth, but what, what I am looking forward to is kind of a new uh, transparency and authenticity that I'm, I'm seeing with brands. Uh, with, with the pandemic, everything just got blew out the window. All of our shiny branded things got just blown out the window. 
We had to stop, drop, and roll. We had to recreate things. Like, you know, I mean, you would see brands that would never have, like, their CEO, like, doing, like, a selfie video being like, hey, how's it going? This is the CEO of uh, whatever the heck. Um, <laughs> how's it going? I hope you're all doing well. And it's kind of like, it's it, it kind of just kind of was like, what is really important? Like, what is really important now? That everyone's safe and everyone, you know, uh, can feed their families and um, obviously take care of one another and and kind of the, the marketing and and the connection that kind of went through that it, it it kind of also fell in line with that and I really I really loved that and I think it also sparks more creativity um, it forces biz- businesses to kind of realize we need to talk about the people that work for us like because that is the those posts and that content is actually what everyone wants to see everyone wants to like it everyone wants to like that that's kind of what we're drawn to so i think that um where before if it was like super corporate post that's just yawn it kind of was like corporations and larger companies got away with it because it was like they didn't really expect social media to do that much for them anyway because mm. they never had to but with the pandemic and everything got shut down, all of a sudden, all these companies were like, what are we doing on social media? <laughs> There's a whole new a bunch of eyeballs on it. Everyone's like, what are we doing? And then it just so so I think there's going to be a lot of more like effort, but creativity, authenticity and transparency all around. Oh, I like that a lot. I think for me, what I'm looking forward to is um, because social media has become much more important, even for smaller businesses, too. We've been seeing a huge um, increase in the number of people looking for social media consulting as opposed to just having an agency do their consult or do their social media work for them. There is such a beautiful relationship that can happen when um, when we're able to come alongside somebody and teach them skills and watch it be successful and watch their confidence grow. And it's that's like those little conversions of social media for good, right? Because so many of them, when they're coming to us, um, even just today, I had a, a discovery call with somebody who's like, you know, I just, I'm really nervous of social media. Like it, it, I feel uncomfortable on social media and, and I feel kind of anxiety about social media. And so, you know, the opportunity to not just get on and post something for someone and, you know, try to send traffic to their website, um, but to actually change someone's relationship to social media through impact. That's what I feel the most excited for is um, continuing to grow the base of consulting work that we get to do so that we can actually change people um, instead of just put out good content. Okay, well, I think we've gone long enough today. What do you think? I think people, they can't, I can't imagine people wanting to hear more from us right now. <laughs> but it's, it's been lovely. It's been quite lovely. We normally end the podcast talking about somewhere interesting we've been working, but we're getting tired of that because everybody works from home now. So um, I want to just get one last question from everybody, which is how you're doing with your relationship with social media right now. Um, and then we'll go ahead and close. So, Chad, how are you doing with social media right now? Uh, great. I think I've tried to implement some of the, the stuff that I've learned about how to limit social media and my, and my habits. And I feel uh, like it's a lot more under control than it used to be. So that's a good thing. Good. I love to hear that. How about you, Seth? How are you doing with social media? I think I'm doing pretty good, honestly. I'm I mean, like we're stuck at home, so what else is there to do? So, <laughs> no, um, no, I'm, I've I've got a healthy relationship with social media right now. I've really cut back these last couple of months on how much I'm consuming. Um, I'm trying to get to where I'm outweighing my consumption of social media with my creation on Ooh, social media. Love to hear Not that. Not quite there yet, but we're working towards it. So cool. Good. And what about you, Adrian? Wow, we're all doing so good. It makes me so happy. I know. I'm really proud of us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also doing, I'm doing very well. Um, I, I do find myself kind of like, I guess, spiraling a little bit into like, you know, the Instagram swipe hole where when you're um, have anxiety where, you know, personally, I'm, I'm trying to purchase a, ha- a home. So there's personal stuff happening. And whenever that happens where I, I'm just like anxious, I'll kind of like, do that so I, I 
I was doing not so great and now I'm doing better, but I was going to say one word that I think of right now is patience. I've found a whole new level of patience and it kind of goes back to what Seth was saying about having a knee jerk reaction to things like, you know, gauging your rage, your rage bone, rage and yeah, rage gauging. (laughs) And, and I've been so much better at it and, and kind of like not sharing things because I'm angry. Like, Oh my gosh, because you know, I'm just like, you know what? There's going to be another crazy article out tomorrow. I'm just going to try to um, just tell people that I love them and that their babies are cute. So. (laughs) Good. I'm glad. I I feel like overall for myself, I'm doing, I I give myself a good 7 out of 10, okay, in regards to my own social media relationship. The 3 that keeps me from the 10 is when I'm tired and like if my kids are in bed or nobody else is here and like I will get lost in my boyfriend calls it the doom scroll but like for me it's the Instagram story tap you know like I will I'll be watching Instagram stories and it'll start with the people I really care about and I'm like watching them but then slowly you know I I watch my actual body like start to kind of go forward and forward and forward <laughs> and like and and by that time I've just I'm I'm consuming but I'm not even really there so like that's the habit that's kind of sticking with me that I would rather not have but it's been probably 3 months now that I have had no notifications for Facebook or Instagram on my phone which mm. has made a huge difference and it's been probably nine months to a year now that I've plugged my phone in in another room at night um, consistently. And that I think has changed my, changed my life positively. So seven out of 10 for me. Awesome. Good job. That's great. All right. You, you all are so wonderful. I am so happy to get to spend this time together. Um, we got to spend our Friday evening together over, yeah. over Zoom. Wasn't that fun? <laughs> That's right. So much fun. So if you want to hear any more from us, you can find us at thinkspry.com. You can find us on all the social media channels at thinkspry. And we are utilizing our Spry Space Facebook group um, as a place where people can come in who are managing social media accounts for brainstorming, for troubleshooting, for support. Um, And especially I love to cheerlead in there. You know, if I see something going really well for someone, it's so nice to give them a little pat on the back. So Um, come and join us in there if you need some some community around your social media efforts all right shall we shall we call it a day friends sure yep all right we appreciate you all and i appreciate you all and we hope that you keep learning and we will talk to you soon bye bye bye